Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well. If you're keeping a little bit up on the news, as I try to do, you say, my goodness, we're slowly being trapped. But we're not, because we are children of God, and we know the truth, and the truth sets us free, regardless of circumstances. However, there are two huge circumstances coming upon us, and one is the effort for worldwide globalization and the COVID-19 um, uh, shot, injection, jab, that uh, is destined to control us, to change us, to kill us, all of that. Um, the other is the unceasing effort to degrade, to destroy the Eucharist, without which the world will not exist. Um, and the, the effort to destroy the Eucharist is within the Church. COVID is without, although it's crept in, the Eucharist is within. Um, let, I, don't, I have two uh, articles I'd like to read. You will have time, I hope, for one today. And it's from LiveSite News um, on Monday, and <clears throat> it reads, COVID jabs, pro- prohibition of ivermectin, are part of a global collusion to cause as much harm and death as conceivable. This is um, information by doc, uh, Dr. Peter McCulloch um, speaking to uh, Joseph Mer- Mercola of LifeSite News. Dr. Joseph Mercola, M-E-R-C-O-L-A. <clears throat> Let me just... Uh, Go down to the article. Um, it's an interview by Joseph Mercola uh, of Dr. Peter McCullough, where they discuss the importance of early treatment for COVID-19 and the potential motivations behind the suppression of safe and effective treatments. And some may say, Mother Miriam, why are you first talking about this now? Well, we've been talking about it for a while. But why are you still talking about it? <clears throat> Let's move on. Well, uh, we could move on if it had only to do with the fact that the that COVID is lessening and number of cases uh, are lessening and all of that naturally. But um, the fact is that the enemy has a plan to control the whole world through this vaccine. Uh, article um, in, in France today, France is to make COVID jabs mandatory for many and that life will be totally impossible without a COVID passport. Not to travel, not to buy food, not to do anything. Unless you have a COVID um, passport, you can't do anything. And I think part of the article, I, I, uh, I have to read it through right now, I want to read something else to us, um, is that all healthcare workers... Um, 
by September 15th will need to have the COVID jab injection um, if they are to work or get paid and or get paid. So it's just slowly coming upon us, really not slowly at all. And so this interview, Dr. Peter McCullough discusses the importance of early treatment for COVID-19 and the potential motivations behind the suppression of safe and effective treatments. Dr. McCullough has impeccable academic credentials. He is an internist, a cardiologist, an epidemiologist. epidemiologist, a full professor of medicine at Texas A&M College of Medicine in Dallas. He also has a master's degree in public health and is known for being one of the top five most published medical researchers in the United States and is the editor of two medical journals. He says that early outpatient treatment is key for positive outcomes. Dr. McCullough has been an outspoken advocate for early treatment for COVID. In August 2020, McCullough's landmark paper, quote, um, Pathophysiological Basis and Rationale for Early Outpatient Treatment of SARS-COVID-2 Infection. It was published online in the American Journal of Medicine. The follow-up paper is titled Multifaceted, Highly Targeted, Sequential Multidrug Treatment of Early Ambulatory High-Risk SARS-CoV-2 Infection and was published in reviews in Cardiovascular Medicine in December 2020. All this to say that he is an advocate of early treatment, which uh, has been denied to us, perhaps The article says one of the greatest crimes in this whole pandemic is the refusal by reigning health authorities to issue issue early treatment guidance. Instead, they've done everything possible to suppress remedies shown to work, whether it be um, corticosteroids, um, hydrochloroquine with zinc, ivermectin, vitamin D, or NAC. Patients were simply told to stay home and do nothing. Once the infection had worsened to the point of near death, patients were told to go to the hospital where most were routinely placed on mechanical ventilation, a practice that was quickly discovered to be lethal. Many doctors also seemingly panicked and refused to see patients with COVID symptoms. I'm glad that I personally always treated my patients, Dr. McCullough says. says, I wasn't going to have the virus slaughter one of my senior citizens. And it is, I think, terrible that none of our major academic institutions innovated with a single protocol. To my knowledge, not a single major academic medical center as an institution attempted to even treat patients with COVID-19. There's so many articles. Uh, I I keep saying this. um, uh, Just subscribe to LifeSite News and you'll keep up to date on everything uh, all over the world having to do with COVID. It's the devil's plot to destroy the world. 
And Dr. McCullough says, but I did use my publication power and my editorial authority and my position in internal medicine and some specialty medicine to publish the breakthrough paper called The Pathophysiological Basis and Rationale for Early Ambulatory Treatment of COVID-19 in the American Journal of Medicine. It was an international effort, both community physicians and academic physicians. And to this day, that is the most frequently downloaded paper in the American Journal of Medicine. And the article goes on to say now, early treatment guidelines have saved millions of lives. Beloved, I know people who... Uh, believe they had COVID, they went to their doctor or the hospital, whatever it is, and they simply, like the article says, sent them home. You know, just treat it like a cold, like a virus, you'll be fine, sent them home. Until they were nearly on their deathbed and they went to the hospital, some lived, some did not. Dr. McCullough writes, in December 2020, McCullough published an updated protocol uh, co-written with 56 other authors who also had extensive experience with treating COVID-19 outpatients. The article, titled Multifaceted, Highly Targeted Sequential Multidrug Treatment of Early Ambulatory High-Risk SARS-COVID-2 Infection, was published in the journal Reviews in Cardiovascular Medicine, of which McCullough is the editor-in-chief. That paper today is the most frequently downloaded paper. Um, uh, It also is the basis for the American Association of Physician and Surgeons COVID Early Treatment Guide. And he says this, Dr. McCullough, we have evidence that the treatment guide has been downloaded and utilized millions of times. And it was part of the early huge kick that we had in ambulatory treatment at home toward the end of December into January, which basically crushed the U.S. curve. We were on schedule to have 1.7 to 21 million fatalities in the on schedule. Listen to this. We were on schedule to have 1.7 to 2.1 million fatalities in the United States, as estimated by the CDC and others. We cut it off at about 600,000. That still is a tragedy. I've testified that 85% of that 600,000 could have been saved if we would have had the protocols in place from the start. But suffice it to say, the early treatment heroes, and you're part of that team, Dr. Mercola, has really made the biggest impact. We have saved millions of lives, spared millions and millions of hospitalizations, and in a sense, have brought the pandemic now to a winnowing close. Um, Beloved, that there is the music for our first break. I will continue this after the first break, and I'm going to skip quite a bit in order to get to the heart of this article. I should have maybe started way down, Um, but we will be right back. And after the second break, uh, dear ones, we'll take your calls, your texts, your emails, and I'll give you the toll-free number in advance is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
as a non-profit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 .7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Uh, we are in the middle of an article uh, from LifeSite News uh, titled COVID Jabs. Prohibition of ivermectin are part of a global collusion to cause as much harm and death as conceivable. This is an article, uh, an interview of uh, by Dr. Joseph Mercola of um, Dr. Peter McCullough. Um, and I'm going to go down to a couple of subtitles so that we get through it without reading the whole thing. You can find it on LifeSiteNews.com. And it was Monday's article. Um, uh, a global, this is a subtitle, uh, a global collusion to harm patients. Um, let me just, um, okay, hold on just a moment. Um, to get an emergency youth organ, uh, authorization, EUA, emergency youth authorization, there cannot be any safe and effective alternatives. Let me read the paragraph before. When you look at how comprehensive and intense the censoring and suppression of early treatments were, it is hard to come to any other conclusion than this was a strategy aimed at securing emergency youth authorization for COVID gene therapies. 
to get an emergency youth authorization. There cannot be, this is startling, there cannot be any safe and effective alternatives. And since the COVID shots are using a brand new, never before used technology, making sure there were no effective, making sure there were no effective treatments available was crucial for the success of the rollout of these shots. Um, <clears throat> and they published a fabricated report on hydro um, uh, chloroquine showing that it was dangerous. I'm, I'm just skipping. Uh, I'm skipping so much. And the next subtitle, the goal of all this was mass vaccination. And if you're keeping up on President Biden's Thoughts, they want to help everybody. Send the low-level government in every single state, city, town, knocking on your door to help you get the vaccination. Well, that's very nice talk, but they've already uh, said in France they're starting that way. But if you do not get the vaccination, well, even in this country, it's already been said, if you refuse to get the vaccination, the government will track you, whatever that means. And I, we know what it means. It means that soon we won't be able to buy groceries or anything else. This is Twilight Zone. It's the book of Revelation coming true. It's amazing. And it says the goal is mass vaccination. As for why patient harm was a desirable thing, Dr. McCullough believes the end goal was to secure the rollout of a mass vaccination campaign all the propaganda we've been fed over this past year and a half points in that this past year and a half points in that direction. Um, propaganda, he says, is the dissemination of false or misleading information by people of authority in a collusional manner. And that's exactly what's going on. We have a propagandized campaign for mass vaccination. There is no doubt about it. It's actually very overt. And believe me, he says, there are hundreds of millions of people under the propagandized spell that the COVID-19 vaccine is going to deliver us from this crisis. Beloved, it's going to destroy you. It's going to destroy you. It, you will be under uh, the, the control of these evil minds. And you, if, you, if you don't die from it, um, I think there were uh, 2,000 deaths in the last week. Uh, just amazing. <clears throat> Okay, uh, what we don't know for sure is why the World Health Organization and governments around the world want a needle in every arm. This is around the world, beloved. It's amazing. Why are they so eager, the article says, so relentless in their push to inject everyone with this novel gene therapy that turns your body into a toxic spike protein factory. The intent to vaccinate everyone is such that health authorities are not even acknowledging the fact that staggering numbers of injuries and deaths are occurring shortly after these injections. They are even letting children die from these shots without any hint of slowing down the rate of uh, infections, injections rather. Why? And he says our next task is dispelling vaccine propaganda. Um, 
uh, very clearly there's a massive collusion to suppress the truth about these gene therapies as well. Um, um, They want everyone to believe that these shots are similar to and even superior to conventional vaccines. They absolutely do not want you to think of them as gene therapy. That's what they are, beloved. They're going to change your DNA, which is what they are. Even Malone himself has made the distinction. Um... They had no system to catch the complications, but even worse, they had no plans for safety. They had none of the traditional mechanism for risk mitigation, such as critical event committees, so so forth. The public should know these are structures that we have in place in biomedical research. Um, And it's their obligation to have in place from the very beginning a clinical event committee, which they don't have, data safety monitoring board, which they don't have, and a human ethics committee and provide regular updates because these committees are supposed to be identifying signals of harm and then make recommendations to the sponsors about how to make the program safer. They have none of these. Um, The next sub... Uh, section, why were standardized safety protocols omitted? And it says, as for the motivation or reason for ignoring virtually all standardized safety measures, Dr. McCullough says, there has been such a dis- suppression of early treatment and a complete propagandized campaign for social distancing. Wearing masks, promoting fear, suffering, hospitalization, and death, and to prepare the population for mask vaccination, mass, M-A-S-S, vaccination, the last thing they wanted to do is have everything that could potentially restrict the population that would be taking the vaccine. They've used fear, beloved. Um... And so Dr. McCullough says, I don't think they actually wanted any safeguards. I thought their goal from the beginning was to try to railroad every single individual with two legs into getting the shot. The most important moniker was a needle in every arm. Um, When they say needle in every arm, that's not a joke. It's not a needle in every arm for whom it's appropriate or a needle in every arm for medically indicated. No, it is a needle in every arm of every human being. They mean it, and I think Americans should be frightened. Next subtitle, it's a crime against humanity. What we are experiencing is really a crime against humanity, and hopefully the responsible individuals will ultimately be held accountable and found guilty of such a charge. How could one possibly have a large clinical investigation, ask individuals to sign consent, and then provide no safety mechanisms, really provide nothing with respect to safety of individuals? Everything about the vaccine is about safety. The reports that have accrued are so voluminous that if the stakeholders wanted to make the case that the vaccines are safe, they should make it with data. They don't. They simply say the vaccines are safe. Well, they're not, beloved. It's a lie. 
They simply say the vaccines are safe and the medical societies are just as complicit. If you go to the American Medical Association, the College of Physicians, the American College of Obstetricians, all of that, they say the same thing. The vaccine is safe. I don't know how they do this. I don't understand. Have they each been given a billion dollars by Bill Gates or George Soros? I have no idea how these intelligent thinking medical professionals can buy into such a lie. Um, My goodness. Um, And the next subtitle, the spike spike protein is not a cure. It's a disease agent. In other words, um, getting COVID, um, you are starting the process of death if you get that shot. Um, uh, No, the article explains why. Um, And so uh, Dr. McCullough says we have red hot problems like children and young adults developing myocarditis, inflammation of the heart. I just saw such a patient yesterday. McCullough says these are proven cases. This is not make-believe. This is for real. And so you may ask the question, how in the world could this happen? Well, the first element of this happening is the vaccines as they exist today, either messenger RNA or uh, adenoviral DNA. The mechanism of action is not safe. The mechanism of action poses a biologic danger. These vaccines all trick the body into making the spike protein of the virus. The spike protein itself is pathogenic. It's actually what makes the virus dangerous. It was the object of -of gain-of-function research, so it has a dangerous mechanism of action. Why? Because the spike protein is produced in an uncontrolled fashion. It is not like a tetanus shot, where there is only a certain amount of protein that's injected. This is an uncontrolled quality of spike protein. Probably each person is different, so may have a lower production of it. They have very little symptoms after the vaccine. They're fine. Hopefully, that is the majority of individuals. But there are unfortunate individuals that must have massive amount of spike protein, and that spike protein ravages the body wherever the spike protein locally is locally made and we do know the messenger RNA and the adenoviral DNA gets distributed in all the organs. Um, So if messenger RNA is set up in the brain and we start producing spike protein in the brain, we cause local brain injury. There are now well-described neurologic injury cases with the vaccine. Many of them In the heart, it causes myocarditis and cardiac injury. In the liver, it causes liver injury. In the lung, lung injury. In the kidney, kidney injury. Um, And very important, the spike protein damages, and I can't pronounce this, the cells and causes blood clotting. Um, All of that. It just... um, It's dangerous, it's frightening, it is simply a plan to control and kill a large part of the human race, and what is not killed will be controlled. 
um, read it, beloved, and don't take the vaccine no matter what. Uh, We'll be right back. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. If you're looking to make the most out of what you can donate to Catholic Radio, making a transfer of stock is a great opportunity for your giving to go even further in support of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Please consider this option in helping us spread the gospel message over the airwaves and through mobile devices. Many people donate to charities by gifting stock. There are even substantial tax benefits for donating stock to a charity such as ours. Would you like to learn more about the possibility of gifting stock to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network? Please call us at 1-877-888-6279. That's 1-877-888-6279. You can also visit us online at thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your support of Catholic Radio. May God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together. And before the second break, uh, we couldn't even get through an article on COVID. But uh, if you want to get up to date, just go to LifeSite News. There are other good sites, in, indeed. But LifeSite will give you references to them through their articles. It's, it's just... Um, and blanketing the world right now and uh, get Canada and France they're talking about COVID passports and soon um, I think just as the book of Revelation says about the mark of the beast we won't be able to buy or sell or do anything without it I don't say this is the mark of the beast but I've said before it's sure acting like it um, so we are here for this whole half hour to take your calls, your emails, your text. A toll-free lines are wide open, one 511 5483 or mother at Uh We have an email from Michelle. Michelle writes, Hello, Mother Miriam, how are you? I'm great, Michelle, thank you. I really enjoy listening to your show. I'm so glad, Michelle. God bless you. Michelle writes, I'm being pressured to get the second COVID vaccine shot. 
I feel terrible, like I'm backed into a corner. I feel it is morally wrong. My job and my living arrangements are in jeopardy. If I do not get it, please give me your advice on this. Thank you and God bless. Michelle, I can tell you what I think, but this must be an individual decision before God. Um, I would not get it. I would counsel everyone to not get it. And if you're being pressured to get the second shot, I'm going to guess you've already taken the first shot. Many people who took the first shot are okay. But with the second shot, they either died or were handicapped for life or something else. So I will never recommend that anyone get that first or second shot. Um, The fact that your job and living arrangements are in jeopardy I think we all need to get used to that now. It's not easy. We've been in America, a free country. We are used to getting, having what we need, when we need it, as we need it. Um, we haven't feared being without food or shelter. Let's just assume if we're not among the homeless. But I think those days are over. And if you read the article about France and President Macron, um, who is uh, mandating now the COVID jab and uh, is, uh, has acknowledged, as other leaders have, that every soul in the world must be injected. Every single soul must be this. So right now they'll say you have a choice whether you want to be or not. But already the government of our own country has said, if you refuse it, we're going to keep track of you. And whatever that means, I think it'll be short time before we will not be able to travel or shop or do anything. Um, If your life means that little to you, that you go along with this to get along, I am sad for you because uh, your life will be miserable. The only way um, to be free Uh, is to choose what is right, what is moral, and this is evil, completely evil, this shot. And so I would say don't do it and begin to look for another job right now in another living situation. Begin right now. Families, uh, I think you need to begin to prepare now for not being able to go into a grocery store in a month. I'm not an alarmist. I'm reading these things. It's happening overnight. It's happening overnight. Um, uh, the government is trying to think they trying to make us think they care for us. They don't care for us. They care to control us as subjects. Um, no, uh, I think now you need to already begin to prepare for not being able to buy food. I think if you don't get the shot. Um, I think you need to find a way to start growing vegetables in your garden or bring big pots at home. You need to start providing your own food. Um, You know, uh, we have here a a 50-pound bag of rice and a 50-pound bag of beans. Uh, We could live on rice and beans a long, long, long time. It's, It's a good combination. It's good food. It's all right. Um, get lots of vitals of bottles of vitamins so you don't miss anything. There's ways to live um, uh, by growing your own food and stocking up on things that won't perish that don't need a refrigerator even. So I think I think we need to start now, uh, right now. 
And so, Michelle, I would never encourage you to get the second shot. You have the choice. While you have the choice, be free and don't give in to the evil. Um, we have a call from somebody who's calling in anonymously. Hello. Hello. Oh, hello, Mother. Hi, dear. Um, go ahead with your question. Okay. Yeah, I'm calling because I'm just calling on behalf of a friend who's okay. um, becoming a deacon. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. he was just told that um, in order to him, for him to return to the seminary to continue his studies, he needs to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And um, he's told them, I'm, you know, I'm not planning to get it. Good. It must be an issue. Good. And then they came back saying that it's required if he wants to return in September. Uh-huh. And give a uh-huh. detailed note about his current health concerns, etc. He doesn't, you know, he's obviously he's not, he's not taking it because he knows it's an unsafe thing. Do you mm-hmm. have any suggestions on how he can respond to this? I mean... Uh, well, um... My goodness, um... I mean, he, he simply can't take it, and he doesn't continue the seminary. That's the answer. That's the answer. He can still study. He can still serve God, even if he doesn't go through to become a deacon. Um, I think we're approaching a time where priests are going to be taken out, where churches are going to be taken out. I personally think it's happening very quickly. So uh, um, he can fight this right now if he wants, but he can also uh, tell the seminary that they are... um, they call themselves Catholic, and they're not, because the church says you may not violate your conscience. And if his conscience tells him not to take it, and he does have proof, he could bring them these articles. I don't know that it would make a difference for them, but he can bring him some of these proofs and lifestyle medical proofs about what's going on with the vaccine. Uh, my guess is it'll make no difference to them if they're requiring it. I, I, the, the information that's available to us is available to them. It's, it's just a power grab, and it's unfortunate that Catholics have given in to this. Truly unfortunate. Um, I would say to them, your business is not to save bodies but souls. And, and shame on you for going against the Catholic faith and... Uh, not allowing what God has commanded, freedom of conscience, and being uh, acting like a, a medical dictatorship rather than a Catholic seminary. I would say those things to them. I would say it or write it in a letter. But his decision is simply not to continue with seminary. Okay, thank you so much. I'll, I'll let him know. Okay, you're welcome, dear. Um, we have an email from somebody who writes in anonymously and says, Hello, Mother, I am a Catholic. I am not from the USA, but I live here now. I am a legal permanent resident. I am not white because I am a follower of Christ. My so-called friends, he has the word friends in quotes, and neighbors, um, I don't know if it's a he, I I said he, but um, I don't know if it's a he or she, and my so-called friends and neighbors have started calling me racist simply because you're not white. Isn't that insane? Um, I thought it was the white people that are called racist. This is mainly something that has started within the last few years, I know. I said that I was not going to attend 
a BLM protest, at which point I was asked why I'm such a racist. Well, that's why. That's why. Uh, you didn't want to attend the Black Lives Matter protest, so therefore you're racist. You're not racist. You're sane. He says, I do not, or she, with secular media, but if I do speak out, I will be canceled. I have come to realize that the battle is now those who believe in God versus those who do not believe in God. Any thoughts? Signed, Anonymous. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. Um, uh, I would tell such people that there's only one race, and it's the human race that God created. End of story. Skin color has nothing to do with race. Um, um, you know, there there are the African-American and the Caucasian and the uh, Asian and all. Yes, 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 yes. But that has to do with just the color of our skin, and the color of our skin has nothing to do with our worth. Every one of us is made in the image of God. We are part of the human race. And so uh, if someone um, um, tells you that you're a racist because you won't attend a BLM protest, I would say to them, I am against Black Lives Matter. All lives matter. And... um, uh, And the only thing we need to do to understand our worth um, is to know that we're children of God. And this is an attempt to blot God out of our culture. That's what I would say. So, my dear one, uh, I'm so sorry um, that you are um, accused of this and suffering from this because of the color of your skin. Shame on them. Shame on them. Don't fight. Don't get angry. Don't debate. Be confident. Be calm and say, you know what? You may call me what you wish. I am a child of God made in his image. And by the way, so are you. That's the end of it. Talk calmly. They won't know what's controlling you. Um, We have an email from Bill who writes, Dear Mother, I assist at Holy Mass every morning and have seen a nicely dressed midlife woman walk out of the Holy Sacrifice immediately after receiving the Eucharist every day for over a year now. She walks up with her purse and after receiving our Lord simply walks out of the church and out of the parking lot to her car. She does this each day, even at the Saturday Vigil Mass. I mention this because it suggests that this may be her mode of attending Mass rather than having to rush home, perhaps take care of someone. Also, she arrives a half hour before morning Mass to pray the Liturgy of the Hours with several of us. So it appears that this may simply be her way of finishing her attendance before Christ Jesus with us. Mother, this is a true scandal to those of us who are there worshiping God in our community. But more, it is a sacrilege before the Lord. Her exiting before most of us have even received the body and blood of our Lord demonstrates a pure lack of interest in preserving the community of the mystical body of Christ. Our, our effort at Mass is not to preserve the community of the mystical body of Christ. It is to, to respect the Eucharist and the Holy Mass 
and to leave after receiving communion is to leave in the middle of Mass. The Mass is not over yet. This is a public act, not a private one. She seems to be saying by her action, I have what I need, and I'm not interested in what the rest of you need. Well, whether or not she says that, I doubt she feels that. But the fact is, it doesn't have to do with you. It has to do with God and proper respect for the Eucharist and the Mass. Um, Think of any of the disciples after they received the body and blood of our Lord at the Last Supper, getting up and walking out. It's insane. Um, And so um, there's the music for our last break. Beloved, we'll be right back after the break, and we'll have a good 10 minutes. uh, If you wish to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Beloved, this is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We'll see you then. Praise be to Jesus. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. This is our last segment, and again, our lines are wide open if you wish to call in. Um, 
at uh, toll-free 1-877-511-5483. We're right in the middle of an email from Bill, who has been attending Mass every day um, uh, for years and years and years, and he's concerned about a woman in the church who leaves Mass, she comes a half hour before to pray the Liturgy of the Hour, and leaves Mass immediately after receiving the Eucharist, doesn't go back to her seat. And she does that even on Saturdays. And he's concerned about her disrespect, not just for the people who haven't even received the Eucharist yet, but for our Lord. Um, He says, I'm a 75-year-old man who has gone to daily Mass all throughout my life in various times and places, even even through the years of change, dissolution of our faith. I've never witnessed this kind of disrespect before the Lord anywhere. She may be thinking that she's using the time, and he's just giving different suggestions. Perhaps she's so poorly catechized. Um, my question for you, dearest mother, is what would you do in this situation? I want to approach her in some way and ask if she realizes what this does to all who assist at morning is doing before our Lord. I've been praying for her and so forth. Um, obviously, since obviously no one said anything to her, or at least it appears to be the case, I feel it is my duty to do so. Some might well say that I should mind my own business. I am no saint on earth, nor have I ever claimed to be. I'm a sinner, but my awareness of a grave disrespect every single day is pushing me to find her alone and see if I might be able to give her some counsel on what she is doing. Please, dear mother, what are your thoughts on this? God bless you always, Bill. Agree with you all the way, Bill, um, that something needs to be done or said to her first to find out what is going on, Um, why she leaves when she does. We can't assume that. We know what it looks like. We we can speculate, but we just don't know that. So my first step would be to go to the pastor, go to the priest, and say, Dear Father, there's a, a woman I've been noticing. She leaves Mass every day of the week, even Saturdays, as soon as she receives the Holy Eucharist, before the rest of us have received it, before the Mass has ended and all of that. Um, do you know her and... And I'm wondering if you know why she does that. Um, I'm wondering if if you know or if you've spoken to her or if someone has or can. Um, that's what I would do. Go to your priest first because it may be that he does know why. And whether he chooses to tell you or not, he may say, I know the woman you're speaking about. I know why she does it. Don't let it bother you. I would let it go. Then I would let it go. But go to the priest and um, and see what he says. If he says, no, I don't know why, I don't know if anyone's approached her, I'd say to him, Father, would you feel okay about approaching her? Because she would take it from you better than any of us. And will you ask her about it? Will you approach her? He'd probably say yes. Um, if not, and he says, no, you're, you're free to if you wish, then you can approach her. And I would simply um, ask her, if she gets there early before Mass, I would go up to her before Mass and say, pardon me, my name is so-and-so. Um, is, would, would you do me the honor of, of uh, speaking with me just for a minute right outside of Mass um, when it ends, uh, you know, that kind of thing, and maybe she'll wait to speak with you. Um, 
Or you could say, is there a time I could speak with you even if I come to Mass early? Because I, I notice you get early. I'd like to speak with you um, if you'd give me that time or grace. That's what I would do, dear Bill. Um, let's see. We have an email from somebody who writes it anonymously and says, Dear Mother, I write to you because I hope you will read this, whereas I cannot go to my priest or bishop about this matter, for they would not agree with my husband, and I'm trying to avoid getting the vaccine. All right, let me think this. They would not, my bishop and priest would not agree with my husband, my husband and I trying to avoid the vaccine. Your priest and bishop would not agree. Oh, shame. How awful. My husband is working on his PhD. He has less than a year left before his completion. To tell you a bit about us, we have been married for three years. I'm a full-time mommy of two little ones under two years old. My youngest is two months. God bless you. I will be homeschooling our children. Bless you, bless you. And we take our vocation very seriously. We are young and healthy. My husband's college is trying to force my husband to get the COVID vaccine. Forget that. Just forget that. Um, Or else be kicked out of school. Let him be kicked out. Let him be kicked out. I wish everyone, I'm just telling you this for sure, everyone would walk out of every seminary and every school, public or not, and let everyone who's getting a salary have no more salary and let the administrators know the consequences of their evil choices. Um, My husband's college is trying to force my husband to get the COVID vaccine or else be kicked out of the school. This has me sick to my stomach. Of course it would. I cannot fathom my husband having to get that shot, but he is so close to getting his degree. That's the temptation the devil would put on us. He's so close to getting his degree and he needs to be able to provide for our growing family. He can't, cannot just walk away. Oh, yes, he can. He cannot just walk away from his means of doing that so close to the completion of his program. program. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Evil minds will always find a way, wait to the last minute, because we just can't give in five minutes before getting our degree. We can't do it. No way. He can support a family without a Ph.D. They do allow for religious exemption, and she says she's got the wording below, but I do not know how we should write this statement so that it will be accepted, ACC. If we say we are Catholic, they could just say our request for exemption is not valid because the President of the United States is Catholic or that the Pope himself says it's okay to get the vaccine. Please, Mother, we need help to know how to best write this statement in a persuasive and thorough way that explains why getting the vaccine is against our religion. Do we even say we are Catholics? Please, Mother, please help us. I am so scared. Well, uh, you could say you're a Christian. You don't even have to identify as a Catholic if they're going to say the Pope. Your Pope says it's okay. Just say you're a Christian. Um, And she says, here is the statement from the school, religious exemption. A religious exemption is a written and signed statement from the student that that they object to immunization due to their religious beliefs. A parent or guardian signature required of students under 18 years. The statement must address all of the following elements. 
Number one, explain in your own words why you are requesting this religious exemption. You don't even say have to say you're Christian because my religion it says that. Um, my religious belief uh, requires me to not have it. Describe the religious principles that guide your objection to immunization. Um, no help. Well, one, if there are, there are moral issues that vaccines are... Um, either made, most vaccines are either made or tested with aborted baby parts and so forth, um, indicate whether you are opposed to all immunizations, and if not, the religious basis that pr- prohibits particular immunizations. God bless you, Mother. You've been such a blessing to me. Madeline, um, there's the closing music. Just say, if you want, uh, I'm a Christian and we are opposed to any foreign elements entering our bodies, particularly those made from or tested by, tested with aborted fetal tissues. We will not, and uh, we will not accept it. And it's already proven to be lethal. Um, oh dear! I'll continue answering you tomorrow. There's a website that will help you. Okay. God bless all of you. We'll speak with you tomorrow.